Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. How has it been for students since the University of Houston moved its College of Technology school to Sugarland? And have we finally got a fix to our water billing issues? Plus, a new study spotlights some disturbing results since the state outlawed all abortions. Trigger warning to some of our listeners, we talk about the state's abortion plan and the study that centers an increase in rape-related pregnancies. It's Friday, January 6, 2024. I'm the executive producer, Dina Kispe, in for our host, Rahil Ramdanani. And here's what Houston's talking about. Evan and Trishel, it has been so long since I sat down to chat with y'all. How are y'all doing today? What's up? A little <laughs> soggy, but doing all right. <laughs> soggy is the right way to describe it. <laughs> okay, before we jump in, I have to ask because we've been like debating internally about this. We had a show about fried chicken, like the best spots in Houston. Where do y'all go for fried chicken? Oh, baby, that's easy. Ain't Ruthie House. That's it. Yeah. Oh, Wait, my, is that a place? No. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's my Aunt Ruthie's house. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. My Aunt Ruthie has been making the best fried chicken since, well, I'll say my first time recognizing it since 1985. That's when I was five years old and remembering how wonderful it was. But Aunt Ruthie has made the best fried chicken ever in life and I heard that since she was like 13 years old so this Whoa. is a long I mean my mama can't make no fried chicken like Aunt Ruthie <laughs> and Deborah can't make no fried chicken like Aunt Ruthie my grandmother can't make no fried chicken like Aunt Ruthie even my husband who's a wonderful chef cannot make no fried chicken like Aunt Ruthie but Y'all probably can't come eat for Aunt Ruthie's fried chicken. So if you want some fried chicken that is almost similar to Aunt Ruthie's fried chicken, go to the Breakfast Club. They fried mm-hmm. chicken is so good. And it got and it's like the inside when you bite into it, it's so crispy. And then on the inside, the meat is so juicy. Go to the Breakfast Club for chicken and waffles. Matter of fact, just go there for the chicken. It's good. <laughs> What about you, Evan? <laughs> I'm on like the totally different end of the spectrum. I like Dakimbop. I like the. <gasps> no. Yeah. Evan. What? Yes. Okay. That is a strong <laughs> tie. Dakimbop. Yes. Yeah. Korean fried chicken. Yep. We it's yeah. Korean fried chicken is it's good. It's so crunchy. It's so meaty. It's delicious. Yes. Yeah. Every yes. now and then, if I can get up there, I'll go to barbecue in for uh for mm. the for the fried chicken. But I don't think it's as good. Mm. Okay, Evan. Yeah, yeah. Evan, I have to admit, now that they, when they moved that location from the museum district Mm -hmm. and they have it elsewhere, it's not the same. Really? To to us. And we used to, my husband and I, when we were dating at Texas Southern University, we would go to Doc and Bob on the regular and we were broke college kids. So to let you know, (laughs) that's how good that chicken was. When we ever got a little change, but we would go to Doc and Bob 
right there in the museum dish down the street. We go, we would go to Doc and Bob. And yes, Evan, Doc and Bob got some good old fried Korean chicken. It's the best. Mm-hmm. It is the best. It's so crunchy, so fresh. Mm. All right, y'all made me hungry. I don't know how I'm gonna get through the rest of this, but let's dig into it. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the top story of the week. Kick it off for us, Andrew Shell. So listen, y'all know I am urban culture, pop culture guru. Y'all know I like a little fun. I'm about to switch it up on y'all today. I got a little political stance. It's something that I don't normally do. Evan, Ooh. Evan, guys got me because he know that ain't mm-hmm. my that ain't my jam. But I, <laughs> but we gotta talk <laughs> about this. My good sorrow up in the White House. Kamala Harris reacts to the Texas rape related pregnancies report earlier this mm. week. Uh, first reported by the Houston Chronicle, there was a highlight that estimated twenty six thousand three hundred thirteen rape-related pregnancies in Texas after the state implemented its full abortion ban. As you guys know, after the Roe versus Wade, Mm -hmm. they came out and said that they banned all abortions and everything went crazy. Now, here's what Kamala Harris has to say about it. She said, women across our nation should not be subject to extreme and oppressive laws that dictate what they can do with their bodies, including and especially after surviving a violent crime. Now, Harris said in a statement to the Chronicle, as a lifelong fighter for the health and well-being of women and children, it's immoral. The women of Texas and women of America deserve the freedom to make these personal decisions without the government telling them what to do. And she said, I quote, I will continue to fight for the fundamental freedoms of everyone throughout the country. Now, this study was published this past Wednesday in the Journal of the American Medical Association, helped quantify the magnitude of the state's abortion law, and said one of the authors, Dr. Carrie White, of the Resound Research for Reproductive Health, Texas abortion laws do not offer exceptions for rape or incest. This is serious. Mm-hmm. I am very excited yeah. that yeah. people uh, all across the globe are in support of changing these laws or, and do something about them because that is a very terrible thing to find out if a young girl gets raped, becomes pregnant, there's nothing she can do about it. And I mean, abortion is a touchy, touchy subject, but it's bigger than that, guys. Is that women need control of their own bodies, period. Yes, I'm with you. I second that. Like reading that, I was like my jaw dropped, but it was also kind of like you almost see it happening because, you know, putting such a heavy law and banning abortion completely, you kind of can see what the horrific effects of it are going to be. Mm -hmm. And from what I read from the study is that it's the highest estimate among the 14 states that have the total abortion means, with Texas having the largest population. I mean, it really puts everything into perspective that while these laws are happening and going on at the top, it seems there's a huge disconnect between Mm -hmm. how it's really going to impact the people. Evan, what do you think? I mean, I think it's clear that this is going to be the top issue of the 2024 election, at least if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have anything to say about it. They really want to run on this. They think it's something that uh, puts voters in their camp and gets them excited and really puts Republicans on their heels. And also, it's a critical issue. They're right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing the consequences of these bills that have been passed uh, without any consideration for what it actually means for people who live in Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited about this. And y'all know I'm not a political girly, but mm-hmm. this definitely caught my full attention. And I will be uh, keeping up with this because this story is still developing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Me too. What about you, Evan? What do you think the biggest story was this week? Now, I am going political as usual, uh, but (laughs) I think the biggest story this week is that felony court judge Frank Aguilar has been formally charged with assault of a family member. I think it is incredible when the people who are in charge of our criminal justice system end up involved in it. Now, what happened, you may remember that back on New Year's Eve, about 3.30 in the morning, police responded to a call of a woman who had blood coming out of her nose and marks on her neck from a likely assault, and the assaulter was Aguilar. But what really stands out to me was that back in 2018, when he first ran, I was on the Houston Chronicle editorial board, and I remember writing that he seemed to have no campaign website. He wasn't really running in any active way. He just had his name on the ballot. But as a former magistrate, he'd been charged in 2010 with assault of a family member. And at the time, we wrote, like, don't vote for this guy. He's got a sketchy background, and he's not really out there willing to answer questions about it. But it was a big sweep year for Democrats. He won anyways, and here we are now. So let me say as we get into the primary elections in February and March and the general election in October and November, pay attention to those endorsements. Don't just vote straight ticket. There's always a candidate or two on the list you think, you know, I could go without him. Mm. Wow. Oh, scandalo. Yeah, oh, my is pretty God. Mm-hmm. Is he out on bond now or is he still? Oh, he's out on bond. He got out on uh, bond right away. It's, this is a misdemeanor yeah. charge, so he's not likely to be held for any extended period of time. But you know, even if you think that, well, maybe he's innocent, he's entitled to due process, which is all true, you don't want a judge with this hanging over them. You want an right. elected yeah. official who can focus on their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. Ooh, that is rough. Yeah, that's that, that's heavy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now we'll see what happens and whether he pleads guilty, whether he goes to trial. You know, that still needs to be determined. But uh, I'm curious to see how this all goes down. Yeah, yeah, me too. Oh it definitely won't be easy for nope. sure. Mm-mm. So for me, the biggest story is it actually pertains to something that we've covered in the past, but is still unresolved. Y'all, it's these insane water bill charges that people still are getting. You know, Mayor Turner said that he was going to try to resolve that. He did like one last push before he was out the door, moved on. And yet people are still getting bills for water that's like not even water that they use, not even on their property anymore. And there was one part that stood out to me from the story that was done by Click2 Houston. KPRC was Ellen Garcia. She had said that she had stopped the monthly bills from the water department. They weren't getting any more, but they were still charging her. And it was from a meter that wasn't even on her property and wasn't even attached to her home for the last 20 years. I'm like, how do you still get charged for that? And then they said that if they, she just wants to completely resolve this issue. What she has to do is pay a plumber more than $1,000 to remove the meter from the ground. And it's just like, why does the person have to pay for it to be removed? Shouldn't it be on the city to have that completely resolved? Oh and the water department, y'all, made $3.5 million, this is from KPRC's estimation, from billing customers with vacant lots in the last two years. No way. Yeah, that's money that's not really theirs. No, you guys, that's crazy. Imagine being one of these people. Oh, my God. I don't know what I would do. (laughs) I 
don't know what I would do. Like this made me go check my water bill because I'm definitely not a person who pays attention to bills like that. I'm just like, okay, and yeah, I'll pay it. Yeah. Now y'all got me going to check now. Bless the Lord that I haven't received an astronomical water bill, but now y'all got me nervous. I will be checking my city of Houston water bill. Yeah. I mean, you would think it would be resolved because, you know, city council had voted to change the ordinance in December to Mm -hmm. give those customers a way to stop these never ending changes. But even with that, (laughs) the water department is still sending monthly bills without letting those people know that there's a way to make them stop. So it's like, why are we, why are y'all out here scamming people? I don't understand. You know, the mayoral election was all about public safety, but if you look at what the top calls are to three one one, what the top complaints are, it's about water issues. It really yeah. is, and you hope that you can find a way for city hall to focus on that. And there's not just a simple, straight up solution like hire more cops, like they want to do for uh, public yeah. safety. You know, you really have to figure out what are the systemic issues we've got going on here. And I've got to say, as someone who lives in West University and not City of Houston, we had an interesting issue where we had someone come out to work on our pool. They turned on the water. They forgot to turn it off after they left. And we were out of town at the time. And the water was going up and up and up. The city saw on their own uh, meter system that our water just kept flowing. They presumed we had a leak. So they came out without us even home and turned off the water for us. (gasps) Wow. That was a little spooky when we got home and we're like, where's the water? But we called up the city. They showed up and turned it back on again for us once we figured out what was going on. That was really great of them. You've got to wonder what it takes for a city, you know, that has two million people rather than like 15,000 people to do something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. All I know is that this is a big problem and we need a solution and we need it fast. And y'all keep on it. Check those bills. Don't let them like scam you out of your own money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -mm. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, let's talk about a story that should have gotten more attention. Antrichel, what do you think needs a lot more attention? Listen, I don't know if it needs more attention, but it's definitely got me excited. Margaritaville Resort is coming to Galveston. (laughs) Yes, guys, if you have not heard of the Margaritaville Resort, you are going to be excited because it's just coming to Galveston. If you know, Galveston is 45 minutes away from Houston, 30 minutes if you got a heavy foot like (laughs) me and my family. (laughs) But it is coming 
to Galveston. The developers have put in $250 million to build this Ooh. beautiful resort, uh, complete with 334 rooms, four restaurants, a ballroom. They got pickleball courts, family entertainment center with the arcade, a lazy river, and Ooh. an adult pool, baby. Not only that, it's going to be East Beach, Galveston. Mm. Now, if y'all know, my only begotten son, Axum Nova, was born in Galveston, and we have oh. his birthday there every year, returning him back to the island. And we stay on <laughs> East Beach. East Beach is a little bougie, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm a bougie kind of girl, okay? <laughs> now, it's going to be on East Beach. I am so excited. Um, and this is going to be overlooking the Galveston water. It's going to be serene. I'm so excited about it. Now, if you also know that there is a Margaritaville location in Lake Conroe that opened up in 2020. Now, it's a little smaller. It has 303 suites with a 32 lakefront cottages, right? Margaritaville, Galveston's got to be much bigger. And I'm so excited about this. I didn't know. So I was like, what? I was gassed. <laughs> I was excited. I yelled. I told my husband about this. He was like, I don't think the people of East Beach going to be happy about this. Boy, who cares? We're going to Margaritaville <laughs> for the water park. <laughs> they might not be happy because this is totally going to boost tourism. Right. I feel like people he are going to be like, flying in. <laughs> that's right. I think he just thought about like, man... East Beach is normally private for us. Uh, we're going to get a whole lot of company. Probably not, because if you know about Margaritaville, it's a little expensive, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a pretty penny, and this is brand new. It's a resort. Yeah, get ready to spend some dollars, y'all. Get ready to spend some money, and I'm so excited about this. This is really cool. <laughs> now, I love the Margaritaville up on Lake Conroe, and I'm really excited to have one even closer, but sometimes I feel like it could be even campier. It could lean into the mm. Jimmy Buffett theme even more than already does. <laughs> like, turn it up to 11. Let's see what we can get. I agree. Let's just make it all kind of ridiculousness, mm-hmm. right? Let's really play it up. Let's, yeah, get into the lyrics. Let's go. Let's just not have the name. Let's really do it. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> what about you, Evan? What's the story that should have gotten more attention? So I think an overlooked story this week is the fact that Nikki Haley's campaign has said that they're really betting on the Texas Republican primary coming up in March. Now, this former South Carolina governor and U.N. ambassador is the last remaining challenger to Trump in the Republican primary for president. And as Patrick's VTech in the Texas Tribune has pointed out, her campaign has identified Texas as an opportunity to pick up some key support. But why Texas? Well, it's because we have an open primary. You have to pick the Democratic candidates or the Republican candidates to vote, but anyone can do it. Independents and Democrats can vote in the Republican primary and potentially vote for Nikki Haley. So look forward to ads, campaign events, and a media focus on Texas and all of the millions of voters in Houston, presuming that Nikki Haley survives past the South Carolina primary on February 24th. But there's another reason why this is a big story. Nikki Haley's campaign announcement has sparked Republican primary insiders to demand that Texas switch over to closed primaries. Under that system, you can only vote in the primary if you're a registered member of the party. 
And that's really bad because it gives more power to political insiders, less power to regular Texas voters. I mean, say that you're a Democrat and you live in a Republican gerrymandered district. Basically, you wouldn't be able to uh, to vote for the candidates or flip flop. Say you're a Republican in Harris County and you don't like some of the judges. Well, you go turn out in the Democratic primary and you vote them out. In fact, that's what happened in the last cycle. And also think of those independents who aren't really a member of either party. You know, the folks who are those McCain, Romney, Clinton, Biden voters or the people who are Obama. Trump voters maybe flip back and forth. You vote for one party at the top of the ticket, you flip going down ballot. You, know, you don't really have anywhere to go. So in this Republican primary, there's going to be a non-binding question about closed primaries, and I hope folks vote no. Mm. Do you think they will? Uh, I think the, the Republican primary already has some hardcore voters turning out, and I think mm. they like the idea of that Republicans should be the only ones voting in the Republican primary. But, you know, mm. if you want to grow your party, if you want to get more voters, you want an open door to folks. Think about all the Hispanic voters in the Valley who were Democrats forever, but are starting to vote Republican. Do you want to welcome mm. them into the party or do you want to say, stay away? Uh, but Republicans keep winning elections. So, you know, I don't think my advice is going to carry any weight. Oh, I guess we're definitely going to keep our eye on that should be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. Mm -hmm. For me, the story that should have gotten more attention is going to be a little bit of bad press for the U of H, my alma mater. And I feel bad, but we got to talk about it. All right. So they had moved the College of Technology to Sugarland last year, but they didn't really figure out how they would get students to the satellite campus. So there's like chaos happening because students are like waiting in line for permits, can't even get a permit. Like the shuttle buses were intended to take students to and from Sugarland and from the main campus. Now it's like riddled with so many issues. They can't get the permits to the buses, long wait lists for the permits, you know, buses not running frequently enough and nearly empty buses that were supposed to be sold out closed to students who couldn't even get a pass. No. That is a big problem. How are you going to move a campus yeah. to the other side of the city and not have transportation figured out before you do that? You guys, this is when I started thinking about who made this decision? Like, were there <laughs> students even involved in this? And as a person who works for the U of H system, these mm -hmm. are decisions and, and processes that I'm often a, a part of. These are often times where I go, y'all, have we talked to the students about this? Mm. Have we done a student poll about this? Because although this may make sense to us, it may not make sense to the students. And this was definitely a ball drop of saying, did we ask the students what they feel about this? Or why did we think this would need to go to Sugarland? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. on. Like, come I get they're on. trying to expand their campus that's out in Sugarland, but it's like you have to really factor in the transportation aspect because it's not easy to get around in Houston. And to do this to students, messed up. Wait, wait, wait. So explain this to me. If you're like a student and you're on the main UH campus, you can have classes at the Sugarland campus. Yeah. And you've got to take a shuttle all the way yep. out to Sugarland for your class. If you yeah. want those particular classes, you said it's the science and From technology. From the College of Technology. College yeah. of Technology. They moved the entire College of Technology 
all the way to Sugarland, which that's ridiculous. If you're going to have a satellite campus, it needs to be a remote satellite campus that operates on its own. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if you were in the mm-hmm. science and technology center or a major, you're pretty much going to have to pack it up and go to Sugarland. And God forbid, if you got any uh, classes on the main campus, mm-hmm. they didn't think that out through. No, no, not good. Bad form, UH. Bad form. It is a satellite campus, but the the issue like that I have is like, U of H is so far from Sugarland. Like, how have you not factored that in and smoothed that out? Like, parking already at U of H is abysmal. And that's from my time. And now it's even worse and so expensive. And now they're just, like, forcing kids to kind of figure it out, even though they're paying their tuition. They're paying all the costs and dues that they need to pay. But how is it that the the campus has kind of left it up to the students to figure out? That... Mm-mm. No, no, that's what you said. They forced the students yeah. and that ain't good. Come on, y'all. Bad. This is what we're really doing bad. this for. People don't realize, listen, higher education uh, professionals and administrators are too far removed from what makes it better for the students. And I've said this and I say it and I'm often saying this in these meetings because I am senior leadership in higher education. We're too far removed, guys. Mm-hmm. Let's get some students in here. That's who's going to impact this and let's make it matter. This is why the SGA needs to be involved. This is mm-hmm. why the student groups, the yeah. the science and technology students should have had a representative in there fighting for this. And maybe they did and they just felt like their voice was not being heard. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either way, U of H, y'all got to fix this. This is a problem. Yep. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about something happy. Let's bring up the mood <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> If we can. And Trishel, what is bringing you joy this week? Baby, ain't nothing more Texas than Bluebell ice cream. And my moment of joy this week is Bluebell is coming out with a cinnamon twist ice cream. This <laughs> made me so happy. So happy. I got so excited when Bluebell announced its cinnamon twist ice cream. And get this, everybody, it will be on shelves Monday for a limited time only. Now, they have put a twist on the popular pastry by turning it into a great tasting ice cream. And get this, it will combine brown sugar, cinnamon, with cinnamon bun dough pieces with an ice and swirl. Y'all not ready for this. Hell, I'm not ready for this. You understand me? I'm not ready for this. This is (laughs) about to be a dream. Oh my God. I don't even know what to do. Here's my issue with this. Okay. And and I'm not trying to fire, (laughs) shoot up any fire your way at Bluebell, but this could taste really nasty. What? Like, honestly, this could taste really nasty. Have you ever had a cinnamon dolce latte? I've had the latte. Have you ever had horchata? Yes. Those are amazing. That's what this is. I've never had good ice cream. That's the problem. Girl, what you think? That's the problem. What do you think? It's milk. Like Ben and Jerry's. Okay. I stand Ben and Jerry's. Love them. And they had like a cinnamon twist flavor. And I was so excited because I love anything cinnamon, but it just wasn't hitting. Like that's the problem. It's like it tasted a bit artificial. Like the cinnamon didn't taste real. Let me tell you why. Because it wasn't Bluebell. That's why (laughs) I didn't hit. Okay. Because it wasn't Bluebell. And Bluebell, when I tell you, 
I already, I already know this is going to be good. Matter of fact, I'll do a video and I'm going to send it to Dina and we'll put it on the CityCast social media. So look, ain't nobody approved this. I just did it. I said it. This was happening. <laughs> and we're going to eat Bluebell ice cream. Send it my way. I'm going to send, send it, way. it to you. But it's got to be an honest review, even if you're a Bluebell fan. At, if it tastes you nasty, you got to tell us. You know, yeah, I can't you, lie. That's I true. You're legit. Absolutely <laughs> honest. And I will definitely give you the straight tea. Matter of fact, my team, a senior leadership retreat, we're going to Bluebell in Brenham, Texas. Maybe Ooh. they'll give us a sneak peek and have some. And maybe I'll have that would be so loud to have it at Bluebell. That would be legit. That would we be tried legit. it before everybody else. I know. Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Tell us how it goes. Evan, what about you? What's bringing you joy? What's bringing me joy is that, well, two weeks ago, I had talked on CityCast about how I was doing a Q&A with candidates uh, for the Meyerland Democrats. But that event was delayed because of the freeze we had. So now it's going to be this Monday, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm talking to the candidates in Senate District 15 who are replacing newly elected Mayor Whitmire, Constable Precinct 5, and the tax assessor collector race as well. And I think the DA candidates are going to be there to speak, though I don't think I'm talking to them. So it's going to be Monday, 630 at the Faith Lutheran Church on Bel Air. Show up, learn about the candidates. That's, that's going to be so fun. Be sure to tell us how it goes. For me, the moment of joy, I don't know if y'all have heard of our local band, The Mathletes. Such a cool name. They are back, y'all. They're back and they're performing tonight at 8 p.m. at the White Oak Music Hall. Tickets are pretty cheap. Tickets are on sale. Get it. Go check them out. Support your local musicians. I mean, it's pretty legit that they're back. That's dope. I had no idea you were a Mathletes fan. They're cool. I I, yeah. I went to high school with Joe Mathlete himself. And when what? I was like a moody teen and like a disgruntled college student, all I listened to was the Mathletes. <laughs> it like speaks to your life yeah. at that age. Honestly. It, it really does. And so I listened to that and like it brings me back to that period of time. So I will be yeah. there. I'm super excited. <laughs> yes, it's going to be so cool. Honestly, I hope everyone gets their tickets and goes because also we got to support our local Houston based indie rock bands, y'all. Absolutely. I really wish that the Mathletes would partner up with Admission Impossible, which is a local band full of uh, <laughs> admissions administrators. <laughs> 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 that would be a great mashup. That would be so cool. That would also, be Also, I cool. love these names. Mathletes and Admission Impossible. That's so cool. <laughs> all right, y'all. This has been so much fun. Thank y'all for coming on and doing it with me this week and getting the news out there. We will look forward to hearing about your ice cream endeavor and mm-hmm. Rochelle. It's happening. And Evan, your talk with all the candidates. Can't wait. Talk to y'all later. Bye. See y'all next time. That was Evan Mintz and Antrachelle Nova. You can find all the stories that we talked about linked in our show notes. That's it this week on CityCast Houston, y'all. Our host is Raheel Ramzan Ali. Our producers are Carleon Jones and AKL Mutman. Our newsletter editor is Brooke Lewis. And I'm Dina Kispe, the executive producer. Music is by the band All the Kimonos. Till you hear from us with a fresh new show coming out Monday, take a moment to read a feature about CityCast in the Neiman Lab. I will link that in our show notes. Bye!
It's Friday, January 26th, 2022. 2022. Where the heck am I? 